You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. It is the weekend on Socks in the Basement. Another week of spring training in and lots to talk about. We have so much to give you in the next 30 minutes. That is four fans, five fans, all white socks. Ed is down here. I'm here as well. We've got a tall one in front of each of us, and it's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Family Waterproofing Solutions is veteran-owned. They are family-owned. They give a portion of the proceeds to first responder and veteran organizations. They do that for every job. And if you have any issues that you have noticed in the last couple of weeks, or you just want to check up, or you're not sure if the sun pump is working and the rainy season is coming, because basically we are entering the time of the year in Chicago where torrential downpours may occur at any given time, and you don't want to be caught not prepared. Family Waterproofing Solutions, give them a call. They can do it on site. They can do it virtually. Mention us. You get money off. FAMWS.com. My friend, we're going to kick this thing right off with what's going on with Socks in the Basement Fest, all right? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Socks in the Basement Fest, I don't want to call it canceled. It's going to be reimagined and moved. After looking at what happened with Blue Island Beer Company and the fact that we had a giant venue that we could spread people out at, stage, brewery there, big garage door so there's airflow because we're in the middle of a pandemic. We want to make everybody comfortable, including the guests. You know, food trucks outside so people are even more spread out. All this stuff we are planning on doing. And then basically, it just went away. And if you want the full uh, explanation, go back and listen to the show beforehand. But it just went away. All of a sudden, that wasn't an option. And the only thing that we were getting thrown from Blue Island and also several other places that we brought this to this week was, well, you can use our parking lot. And I don't want to make you all stand outside when it's possible that on the 20th of March, it's uh, that mixture of rain and snow and it's coming in sideways and like the parking lot's flooded. Like I'm not running that risk. I'm not bringing Dave Kaplan, Scott Merkin, George Hoffman, Jordan Lazowski, James Fox, Donnie Paul. Like I'm not bringing all these guests that we had that were coming to this and putting them out there in that situation and then having to go, sorry, everybody. Like I- I'm just not doing yeah, fa- that. Family waterproofing can't stop the rain. They can just right. keep it from coming in your basement. Right. <laughs> Dude, so I mean, it'd be a great ad for them. We could have one of those lovely sunny days where it's, it's like 50 degrees outside, but then the moment the wind blows, it turns into negative 12. So you get that, you know, and, and we were talking about tents and really to have one that was big enough and also wouldn't blow away when the wind kicked up in late March, which it's apt to do at times, I was like, no, this is just a disaster. This is going to end up like some horrible movie where like half the crowd dies in a tent disaster. Like we're, we're just not doing this right now. So look, if we're going to have an yeah. event, we want it to be done right. And we want you to be happy. So let's spin this to the good news now, Ed. Yeah, this is, I think this is actually a good thing. You like this one, right? I like the change. I do. So the good news is our friends at Cork and Carry at the park 
who have been with us since the very beginning, years ago with Sacks in the Basement. They stuck with us early on. We stuck with them during the pandemic. We have a great relationship with them and they have invited us opening weekend and we have accepted to cork and carry at the park. Consider it like a slightly different version of Sacks in the Basement Fest, but our intention is to bring all or most or some of that incredible guest list that you heard to the ballpark on the weekend. We are leaving it open to whether or not it's going to be done the 10th or the 11th so I can have a couple of days to nail down the guest. And then what works best for everybody, it'll either be on the Saturday or the Sunday. This is going to happen with or without fans, rain or shine, because they're indoors. They can open up all the windows. They have those big windows that open up. They can ventilate things properly and still keep you warm. They they can do this thing spaced out the way it needs to be spaced out. You can actually stand outside on the sidewalk in certain areas and be able to look into the bar. They have like a patio they can set up out there. They have so many different options what Cork and Carry at the Park can do. And, and it works perfect for us because I can put a roof over the heads of the equipment and the guests. And I can put a roof over the heads of everybody really involved. And the food is right there on the premises. They've got great burgers. They've got they've got a large selection of beer and spirits. And, and, and it's going to be a really nice thing. And we've done events there before. So we're going to do it there, and we will have the exact date for you very shortly, either the 10th or the 11th, but it'll be opening weekend with or without fans. Sox Royals at 1.10 p.m. both of those days. And, uh, you know, we were planning on watching one of the final spring training games, but, hey, let's let's watch let's watch the team now that they're going to be, what, you know, a couple weeks, a week or so into the season. Maybe that's when we're going to get to see Andrew Vaughn finally come yeah, up. Yeah, we might have like Andrew that. Vaughn's debut. We might be watching yeah. Andrew Vaughn's debut together unless he signs an extension because I don't think they break camp with him otherwise. I mean, we that, that'll uh, right, be just right, about service right. time manipulation call-up time, right? Yeah, right there. <laughs> right about there. He'll be getting, he'll be getting the uh, jump, jumping on the bus from Schaumburg. Right, we're going to be calling it service time manipulation fest. That's what that's going to be. It's service time manipulation fest that weekend at Cork and Carry at the park and we don't have to sell tickets for this because they know what they're doing. So we, we don't have to do ticket sales now. And you're still getting the socks in the basement trucker hat for everybody who shows up. I got boxes of these suckers. Right. Okay. So we're still going to give right. away yeah. the swag. Mm-hmm. We're still, you don't even pay for it now. You're just walking in the door. You're getting stuff. You're hanging out with us. And you, and, and, you, and you get to sit around and watch a ball game too. Uh, so if you, if you have tickets, you can walk over there. And if you don't have tickets, you can watch it there. And if they don't have fans in the stands, we're all together. So we can all complain about Lori Lightfoot. Right. In fact, let's invite the mayor to this thing. Oh, man. She, she just make up a rule on the fly. Like, no. <laughs> okay. Like, it, let's let's go through this real quick. Let's just go through real quick. I, the list I, I of think te- you and I are both are both righteously angry about what's going on with, with the fans in the stands issue. The, the list of teams, Ed, that have already been able to declare that they will have people in the stands at the start of the season continues to get longer and longer. And we're talking not about like some town that doesn't have problems. We're talking about New York, the Mets and the Yankees. They're getting 10,000 seats starting at opening day. Yeah. The Minnesota twins that are nearby. If you want a nearby thing, 25% capacity they're getting for target field. Well, you want, you want nearby the brewers are 25% and the, the Cardinals I think are 30%, right? Exactly. In fact, pretty much I would say I, we're, we're looking at 80% here, just eyeballing the list. Maybe, maybe, maybe 90% of Major League Baseball teams have either announced that they're having fans in the stands opening day in some, par, in some way, 
or have indicated that that announcement is on the way. But meanwhile, Chicago's mayor has decided she wants to be different. This is while vaccines are being handed out and mortality rates and infection rates are dropping and hospital beds are getting more and more empty and things are looking better and better by the day. This is at the same time that we have the president of the United States saying 300 million Americans, and there's only 330 million if I'm not mistaken, 300, 300 million Americans will have the vaccine by the end of May. That's, that's where we're going to be. We're going to be so much closer to that in a month. And her quote is, or her stance is, I think both these teams, the Cubs and the Sox, have come up with really good plans, and we'll probably have fans at some point this season. That is the most double-talk, asinine, ridiculous thing. Where's the basis in this? From what I understand, the White Sox and the Cubs go and do a joint thing where they propose their plans to the mayor's office, and the best you can come up with is good plans. At some point, we'll probably have fans this season. That's insane to me. This is is the same. Honestly, this is the same group. And I and and I was I was having this conversation last night with uh, with my wife who is in in the healthcare field, and we were talking about the Chicago public health director's appearances on TV every time she shows up on the news to talk about vaccine rollouts and things. And she's smiling and laughing and kind of has this joking stance, and it's a little like Ted Cruz making fun of himself going to Cancun when Texas is under this winter storm and losing power and everything. It's not funny the way the city of Chicago and Cook County are handling the rollout. It's been really, really poorly run, you know, and and they are continuing to not do a good job with the vaccine rollout. And so if, if Mayor Lightfoot's stance that at some point we'll get around to the fans in the stands for the Sox and Cubs is related to the fact that they have really poorly, poorly run the vaccine rollout. And the fact that there has been throughout the entire pandemic, odd standards set by the city and the county for what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. Well, then, you know, that's that's entirely on her. And that is entirely on the Cook County government. And I have a real problem with them not being able to just sit there and say, look, we need to do this this way and here are the standards and just sitting there and continuing to double talk. I hate that response that she gave at some point. They've got good plans. At some point we'll look at fans in the stands. That is just, it's, it's, it's inexcusable. I mean, for God's sakes, the Houston Astros and Texas Rangers fans are expected to make out with each other on the way into the ballpark at this point. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. Whether it's physical activity or off-season stress, Creaky Bone's gonna help you out. 
Use that promo code BASEMENT, 20% off your order right now at CreakyBone.com. Here's the thing. Chicago reported this week on Tuesday, and this I'm taking this from uh, CBS TV's story on this, the lowest COVID-19 positivity rate at 2.9% of the entire pandemic. From the time it was declared a pandemic until Tuesday, Tuesday was the lowest test positivity rate to date. They, the, they, are, they also hit a record low average this past week of 42 emergency room visits per day for COVID-like illnesses. Now, does that mean those 42 people don't matter? No. Does that mean those 2.9% no, don't not. matter? No. But is this the of same thing not. as it was last March or last June or last August? No. And, no. and, and, and these, these baseball stadiums are outside, they're open air, and we're seeing demonstration after demonstration after demonstration in spring training. Other, other cities that did football games with fans outside, they didn't report any major issues. I mean, I, I don't want to do this the whole show, but let me give you a really great example, and it was a conversation I had off the air with George Hoffman after he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And after we finished talking, George goes, how you holding up down there? And which is nice because that was the first time I had ever met George. We've never met in person. Yeah. And he had reached out to me and been like, hey, I love your show. Let me know if you ever want me to come on. And I was like, dude, you're on. You're George Hoffman. And he goes, I go, oh, it's going okay. I mean, we're hanging in down here. I'm down in Evergreen Park. I think it's a little different from, from probably where you're at in the city. And he goes, well, you know, I mean, it must be driving you nuts. You got kids? And I go, yeah, I got kids. I got a high school kid. I got a, I got a junior high kid. I've got a kid that's in kindergarten. They're all in three different schools. Well, man, that must be crazy with them all at home, not in school. I said, no, my kids were in school starting at the beginning of the school year. All three of them, public schools and Catholic schools, all opened up in Evergreen Park in the southwest suburbs, all on time or within like a week or two of when they would have. They've all been back in school. And he goes, really? He goes, well, is it out of control down there with the virus? I said, nope. No differences. In fact, they run stuff constantly down here in local publications showing like the infection rates compared to the hospitals down here and the hospitals in Chicago. And we've actually been doing better with all these people, with all these kids back in school. And he goes, well, you can't go out anywhere, though. You must be going nuts. I go, I went I went brewery hopping last weekend. And he goes, what? I haven't been out of the house in months. I said, man, we're open down here. And everything seems to be okay because people are smart enough to put on their mask, socially distance. If you're at risk, you take extra precautions. If you're not at risk, you put on a mask for the protection of other people. And people are treating each other like neighbors should. And people understand it more. And you're telling me that what is their belief? Like we're all going to get in the ballpark and everybody's just going to rip off their mask and start licking like the seats? Like what, what does she think is going to happen here? Open it up and let me see my team play, please. Otherwise, you'll get booed every time you show up for the rest of the time that you're in some sort of political office and the White Sox invite you because you're supposedly a White Sox fan who probably can't name five people on the team. Some have taken the stance that, you know what, you civilian people, you citizens are too stupid for your own good, so I got to tell you what's what. I hate that. And, and, and that's the vibe I get off of this because I know if I'm going to, and, and look, I'm in the high-risk category. I've got comorbidities coming out of my ears. You do. When, you're when a mess. Pandemic thing. You're, you're an absolute I mess. Am. And and there are, I, I know there are ways for me to stay safe. If I'm going to go to a ball game, I know that there are ways for me to stay safe. And I know what I would have to do to do that. And, you know, to tell me that I can't go to the game because you think you know better about how this is going to work. Do I expect that there are people who are not going to take it seriously at the game? 
Sure. Uh, but I can very easily stay six feet away from those people. I can keep my mask on. I can double mask. Um, I can certainly keep my hands clean. I don't have to pick my nose at the game. It's hard, though. You know, it's hard, I'll though. Drink, I, I have it, a hard time it, it not picking when I'm at the game. When you're outdoors in the sunshine and you're watching you're watching the White Sox baseball, every once in a while I just, just go in there for at least a batter or two and just clean everything out. Well, you got to clean house sometimes. Right. Those winds swirl. You get some pollen right. kicked up. I mean, it, it, it can be a disaster. But, I mean, if I have to drink beer through a straw, I'll, I'll give that a shot. I'm not I doing guess. that. I mean, I'm not drinking have... beer through a straw. Yeah, you're right. I'll... I'll... <laughs> I wouldn't go that far either. I, I would have to find a way to get my 4.2 in, though. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the most amazing thing. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because I don't yeah. want to talk. I don't want to talk anymore about the, the ridiculous policies in this political uh, double speak that's being used right now. You know what the White Sox should do? Release the plans. OK, Jerry, Jerry, you're powerful and rich. And so are the Ricketts. Start using it. Use it for good instead of evil. OK, like you oh, can yeah. actually use your power and your money for good this time. All right. Release your plans to the general population through all of your social media engines. Heck, give me permission. I'll air the thing on Sacks in the Basement. And we can show everybody how safe it's going to be and put more pressure on her to open up the ballpark. 4.2 beers per game. Every White Sox fan averages that. That's a new study that came out. Who published that study? I saw that all over the Internet. 4.2 per Um, game. And that includes my mother who doesn't drink. She actually comes comes in and comes out with a zero. So that means somebody else has to have eight eight point four beers just to get the average back to four point two. That's a lot of drinkers in in that stadium. It, it, it NewJerseyOnlineGambling.com is the one that has the study. It's amazing. And yeah, and, and the White Sox are at four point two average drinks per game. Spend an average of forty six dollars per game on alcohol. The Braves are second at 4.0 with 32 uh, yeah, bucks those, because it's those cheaper. Georgians can drink, man. And they get a, they get off a little cheaper yeah. too. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> they don't spend as much on, on their beers yeah. down there. All right, who else came in there? You got the thing in front of you. Read, read off, read off the top yeah, five. Uh, read off the top five. Uh, coming in at third at 3.8 average per game at 40 dollars on average per game is the Cincinnati Reds fans. Um, they are tied with Cleveland at 3.8. Right. Uh, Cleveland has it a little bit cheaper, 35 bucks uh, a game. So apparently residents of Ohio also need to drink. Of course, if I was an Indians fan or a Reds fan, I'd want to get drunk too. Uh, and then the Padres. Padres are at 3.7. They round out the top five. You want to know what all those and teams have in common? They're all going to have fans in the stands on opening day. Yeah. They're all going to be selling beer, Jerry. Put the plan out in public yeah. and put some pressure on the mayor a little bit now. <laughs> Okay. Yes. I mean, San Diego isn't official yet, but they've already come out and said that they believe it's going to happen. They're at least a little bit more confident than the White Sox. The other three that you mentioned, they're already set and ready to go. And the majority of Major League Baseball is. Sox in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. 
and they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. So I find the guys that are the most interesting early on that are not pitchers that are getting talked about. Uh, Zach Collins uh, with his competition for with LaCroix. Uh, also, Jake Berger is getting talked about a lot. There's a lot of buzz around him. Uh, Gavin Sheets, ridiculous amount of buzz around him. And, and if you haven't noticed, um, uh, Collins and Sheets are both left-handed hitters. I don't I don't think Berger is, right? Berger's a righty, right? I got to no, look that up. Berger's a righty. Berger's a righty. Yeah. But, and he's not going to make the team because he's got to go down to AAA and he's got to get in a season, I think. If you've seen Berger's at bats, he, he, lo- he just looks like he's having a hard time. He, he just looks like he's having a hard time uh, catching up to the ball. You can tell that he's not had a whole lot of game action. He just he needs to get back to being healthy and getting some games under his his belt. And and I, I like I think it's a good story and I think it's worth watching him. And I'm I'm glad the Sox are giving him opportunities to to show himself. Um, but I think we can probably right here week one of spring training. Let's just end any ideas that Jake Berger is going to be on this team early on. If he makes the team, it's because he gets down to AAA and he picks back up where we expected him to be at this point in his career and is raking, and there's some some reason why he needs to be up here, injury or something. No, I think he's a 2022, maybe even a 2023 arrival for this team. He, he's got to get some, some yeah. games under his belt. Mike Rodolfo, what do, what do, you, think of, what do you think of him? Because I've seen some good stuff. I've also seen some not-so-good at-bats. What, what, what do you think of that guy when you see him in these spring training games at this point? Well, you know, he, he looks the part, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. but they all look the part to he, me, Ed. Okay, my baseball yeah. career ended before high school, and I play 16-inch softball in a beer league where if I can get a base hit, everybody gives me a beer on first base. Like, all of them look the part to me. There, there's nothing about the way he carries himself on the field that suggests that he's, you know, overmatched or anything along those lines. I just, I, I haven't seen anything that that shows me that he's going to force his way onto the, the club at this point. I think like Berger, I think he's he's a next year arrival. And I think what he's, what he's really looking at, and I think Gavin Sheets falls into this too a little bit, is I, I think Adolfo is the guy that is setting his sights on them not picking up Adam Eaton for a second year. And, and joining the outfield in that way. Um, but I, I, there's no reason to believe that he's, one, completely ready to go to, to be on the team day one to where you, you don't want to do any service time manipulation with him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think he looks like a guy that's going to be, uh, you know, pretty good in the major leagues. I don't know that he's as good as Aloy Jimenez, and I don't know that he, he's not. Luis Robert, but no, there's not. Um, there's not a lot of people that could ever claim that they have the potential of Luis Robert. That's that's that's, no, that's very. I, so I mean, that's it, really hard to have that to to even act like you do. Right. That's it's not even possible. I mean, it, 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 in the blog that came out yesterday, I, I pointed out that really the only measuring stick that we've had for Luis Robert is Mike Trout. Right. And Mike Rodolfo is not in that conversation. No. Uh, but I mean, he he does look like a guy that I think will will be part of the team or is going to play his way into being one of those guys that if the Sox go out and have to make a trade for something premium, that that's the guy that other teams are going to be looking at and saying, this is the guy I want to build the trade around. I, I think when I look at the guys that are fighting for roster spots, say Lou Croy's the backup, because I really think he is. 
I don't think Zach Collins is After showing what me. After Giolito said about him, I, is there any? I, there's no way that Luke Roy's not going to yeah. be the backup unless he gets hurt. He's the backup, and Zach Collins isn't yeah. doing anything to to shake my belief of that. So in reality, if they do break camp with 13 players and 13 pitchers, and there's still a really strong possibility that they don't because it's obvious that the prevailing thought of people around baseball and Steve Stone just keeps hammering it home uh, whenever he gets a chance to to talk to the fans through, through the TV set. The idea that even the pitchers that pitched late in the games in 2020, they got something like 60 innings in. Maybe, maybe 70. And, and now, right. and now you're going to expect these guys to get 200. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like all these guys, every pitcher in baseball is basically being treated like a guy who's coming off an injury because they didn't do a lot of pitching last year. So 14 pitchers may make a lot of sense. And when you have a guy like Larry Garcia, who can go everywhere, I mean, he, when he's not filling in in the infield, he he's the extra outfielder. And that's the reason why with all the Gavin Sheets talk, I'm not really sure no matter how well he plays that he has a real chance of making the team. I know he's a left-handed bat and they like him, but you're going to have to take one less pitcher for him. And 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 then Leary is basically your backup infielder and you're not bringing a Mendick or a Tim Beckham. Like those guys aren't coming because if you look at your bench and you assume Vaughn in the DH spot, Engel is going and Leary Garcia is going and Lucroy is your catcher and you've got one spot. And that's if you don't take extra pitching. So it, it, it's that's a really hard spot to get into, no matter how well you play in 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 spring training, right? Well, yeah, yeah, and and I think you know Sheets has some flexibility because he's taken outfield reps and he's trying to teach himself to be an outfielder, but he's a first baseman by trade. Uh, but I don't think there's any real reason for them to rush him into the majors because he's going to do better getting every day at bats down in the minors. You know, once the minor league season starts, I I think where you're going to look at who that last player is going to be is when you, if you start seeing, for example, uh, your mean Mercedes playing some left field, or you see him take some, some innings at first or something like that, and they get him out from behind the plate. Maybe he's got a chance or something like that, but I, I look around at this point for guys that are playing multiple positions to see, I think they like a left-handed batter coming off the bench, but it also may depend a little bit on, on the Vaughn situation, who they bring with. And it could be, now, a guy, <laughs> I feel like I've said his name way too much, but you know who I'm going to say. They've played Nick Williams an awful lot this week. Man, you're uh, a Nick Williams it, stan. Like, you just love I, you some Nick Williams. No, I, I, I don't know that I love the guy, but I've seen him an awful lot on the box scores here. And I think what they're trying to do is I think they're trying to establish if he's somebody that is going to be potentially the short-term DH because he's got major league history. Right. Uh, oh, he's, I, I, he has a really good chance. Him and Mercedes, I would say, would be the top two guys I would think are going to break camp with the team and get those at-bats at DH if they decide to play service time games with Vaughn. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm looking at. And, and I think for Mercedes, what I'm looking at is they're they're looking at him behind the plate right now because he's he's caught along with Zavala and Collins and, and LaCroix while Grandal's not playing because of his knee. Uh, but there was... You know, there were some Yermin Mercedes sightings in the outfield last spring. There, There's, you know, if he puts on a first baseman's mitt and can play the outfield and he can catch, then he becomes a valuable guy on the bench and, and a guy that could potentially stick if they, you know, if they don't decide to go with the 14, uh, you know, with the 14 pitchers, like you said. 
but you're, I don't think they're going to take Zach Collins. I don't think Zach Collins makes this team. I don't think he has a chance to make this team. They Everybody keeps waiting to see if Zach Collins makes this team. He's listed on all these uh, projected lists to, to break spring training. Why do you bring three catchers? I mean, imagine this. I imagine a lineup Tony La Russa is going to try it out there and try at some point when he's getting close to the end of spring training where he doesn't have Vaughn in the lineup because he's trying to figure out how things are going to work because they're telling him, hey, we're he's probably not breaking camp with you, right? And and they might do that. I don't know. They, maybe they'll surprise us and he'll break camp with the team. But you you could be putting a, a guy like Jimenez, who's not the greatest fielder in the world, in a DH spot for the first week or for most of the first week. And you have Angle out there, and you've got this, and you've got somebody like Nick Williams or Yerman Mercedes on the bench that's going to get a couple of games that they get to start for that first couple of weeks. That that makes more sense to me than Zach Collins. It really does. I mean, well, maybe maybe it, we're it, nuts, but that makes more sense to me. I know he's a lefty, and I know Sheets is a lefty up at the plate, but that makes more sense to me. If they're bringing Sheets up, it's because they don't think that Sheets is part of their long term plans. Really? Yeah. And if they're bringing up, if they're they're taking Collins day one, I I don't understand where Zach Collins gets better as a catcher, uh, sitting on the bench and not playing. And I don't understand where Zach Collins, you know, other than the fact that you'd be giving him probably a couple of weeks worth of DH at bats, I would think that they would want him getting everyday playing opportunities, whether at the alternate site or when when AAA starts going down to Charlotte, playing every day, building up his value. I know he's working on his swing mechanics and things like that to try and be a more complete hitter. But they want him ready to roll if Grandall goes down. And you need to now look at who's my starting catcher for the two weeks that Grandall's out. Or, you know, hopefully it's it's nothing major or anything like that where you need him for the whole season. You just made me sick. I mean, you, I, I literally thought I was going to vomit in my mouth right there when you said when Grand, if Grandall gets hurt. Oh my God! Yeah, again, th- again, again, the depth problems that we have here because that'll be just a disaster. But that's where you're looking at Zach Collins sitting there saying, "Okay, now we're in a platoon with Collins and Lucroy, right? Or a Collins and Mercedes. You know, if Lucroy doesn't make the team, well, maybe they bring up maybe they bring up Collins at the beginning. Maybe he starts because of the delay that there's going to be for the AAA season. About a one month delay, right? Yeah. So all so maybe the idea would be, hey, we don't want this guy just sitting around for a month. He might as well come with the team. It's good for his confidence. We'll get him in a couple of games. He works out with the team for a couple of weeks, and then Vaughn's up. And 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 I don't know. Maybe they put Vaughn like in a in a warehouse for for two weeks, where he just like like a like a secret back cave of some sorts, where they just like they just have games to keep him fresh, but they got they got to hold on to him. Like that's good. Again, this goes back to how are they going to just how are they going to justify keeping him down for two weeks? If he isn't playing anywhere for two weeks. But, well, they're going to do alternate sites. They're, they're bringing back the alternate sites like they had last year. They're going to have the shuttle squads. So he'll be playing against himself. He'll be, or he'll be playing against his, his teammates. It'll be like a mini spring yeah, training. Well, it'll be, but you know what? They, 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 the rave going into spring training this year about Andrew Vaughn being the, the everyday DH on this team was largely based on what he did at the alternate site last year. Because it can't be based on 55 games at the A-ball level. No, it right? can't be. And you know what they're in, a tro- they're in trouble with now is the fact that now the team is noticing it. Like Jose Abreu coming out and saying he's ready to go right now. I want to remind the White Sox of something as we get to the end of the show that maybe they forgot about or weren't paying attention to because it didn't happen in their organization. In 2017, a very vocal group of Astros players did not like the fact the team did not have the best group when they broke camp. And one of the leaders that said, are we trying to win this year or not, is on your pitching staff. And his name is Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. And when you have the MVP and the leader of the team saying, 
he should be with us. He's ready to go. And you have a guy like Keuchel who's been known to be vocal and already saw this game get played in 2017. They're playing with fire because they might get some of the guys in the ranks questioning it publicly to start off their year. So if they've forgotten about that, maybe they need to go Google like the beginning of the 2017 season with the the Houston Astros. Okay, look up some things that were said when when the Astros were also mad that there weren't moves made in the offseason that were enough and they had to make moves in the middle of that 2017 season to prove to them that they were actually trying to win now. Guys got tired of the rebuild. They were like, let's go, we're all in. So if they sit there and try to come up with something like, ah, Andrew's not going to be ready for a couple more weeks, they might get some pushback from their own team in front of a microphone at some point during that time. And that might not be the way you want to start off the season. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.